Yeah. Great. I feel I should start with a joke after um, allowing Gary to get away with it so recklessly, but um, I'll, I'll spare you this morning. Um, it's great to be with you, um, everybody at home. Um, whether you're um, eating your toast or you're still in bed watching, it's great that you're with us this morning. Um, I'm going to be looking at um, another story of a sheep. I love that song. I, I lost my sheep. We're going to be singing it out we, as, we're, as we're in the shower, as we're walking around town. We're going to be singing, I've lost my sheep. Um, awesome. I love that. So we're going to be looking at another um, story about a sheep um, today. We're going to be looking at Matthew 25. Um, verses 31 to 43. So if you've got a Bible at home, um, you must have one at home. So just, just find it. Just find the passage, Matthew 25, 31 to 46, actually. And um, I'll just read it to you. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne and all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom, prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of man, you did for me. Then, those, then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Words of Jesus, they're hard-hitting words, aren't they? And they're, you know, they're, they're written in my Bible in red. And um, because it's Jesus himself speaking and teaching. And I want us to just, for a few moments now, just unpack um, what is it that Jesus is trying to get at. Well, we, we need to go back a little bit, and we need to look that Jesus in the last chapter in Matthew 24 has been talking about the end times. He's been talking about the coming of the kingdom. He's been talking about the world being wrapped up. And this is just like a, a, a you know, an extra additional teaching on, on that. He's, he's basically talking about the coming of the kingdom. He's talking about the king coming. He, he describes himself first off as the son of man. 
but he's really taught, and then he, he quickly switches it to being the king speaking, and it, it's the king, kingdom coming, and, um, and he's talking about sheep and goats. There's a separation that takes place, and one of the things that is fascinating about the, this idea of a shepherd um, separating sheep and goats is that Jacob's sheep look like goats. If you've ever, if you've got Google now, you can Google Jacob's sheep, you'll see that there are there are strange-looking sheep that looks like a goat. And so for, for the untrained eye, when you saw a flock of these creatures, you might think, well, you know, are they goats? Are they sheep? I haven't got a clue. You know, and it, it might be a bit confusing, but the shepherd would know uh, which were the goats and which were the sheep, and they would, he would know really by um, the character of these animals. And I think that's what Jesus is trying to get at today, is, is trying to look at the character. We have to be careful when we're looking at this passage that we don't get into works-based salvation. This is not about works-based salvation. This is not about, I've done all these things, right? So I've earned my righteousness, so I'm made right with God. That is not what this is about. And um, we have to be really careful about that. It is by grace that we have been saved through faith and not from yourselves. It's a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. It's not a case of, we, you know, we, we do all these things and so we get in. That's not what it's about. It's about um, the character that is in the kids of the kingdom. It's about the character that Jesus forms in those that receive his grace. That's really important to understand that. I remember when I first got saved, I, I read this passage and it, was re it really hit me. And I thought, right, that's it. I've got to do all of those things. You know, I signed up for the prison ministry team and I was looking for visiting people in hospital. I wanted to tick off all of these boxes really quickly. You know, I, was, I didn't know much. I still don't, but I, I, I knew less. And, um, you know, and the, the thing is that sheep look like goats, but they act differently. The king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. God has prepared a kingdom for us um, before the creation of the world. Isn't that amazing? That we have this kingdom, our inheritance, we have an inheritance that's kept safe in heaven for us. And sometimes um, God allows us to access that inheritance now. We get to get a little bit of the kingdom now. That's why we see um, the kingdom breaking in and we see salvations in Jubilee, don't we? And we see healings and we see um, divine appointments where God just sets things up for us. We see um, miraculous provision. You know, we see all sorts of things going on in, in our church life, in, in everyday life. That is the breaking in of the kingdom. And it's not all the time. It's not open access we haven't got open access to the kingdom, but we will one day when, he come, when the king comes and sits on his throne. But at the moment, we, we just see this breaking into the kingdom. And we can borrow from tomorrow for today. We can, we can access some of the kingdom now. And that's when we see the signs and wonders, the prophetic, and all the cool stuff that we really, really love in Jubilee. And there's some really big promises in this, this passage. There's some really, really big themes going on here. And I just want to look at three um, simple things. And the first one is, I want to talk about mercy. God is so compassionate, so full of love, and he is so um, passionate about the poor and the needy and the broken and the lost and the disenfranchised and the stranger and the alien. He, 
He's so compassionate about that. If you'd ever visited me in my office when I had an office in town, I used to have a Bible on my, on my desk, um, and it is the Poverty and Justice Bible. And it, there are um, thousands and thousands of underlined verses where, where we're commanded to look after the poor and the needy. And I used to love that because I could just turn over, I could turn through the pages and see these um, underlined in orange, these different verses that just spoke about God's heart for the poor, God's heart for the needy, God's heart for those. The hungry, the thirsty, the stranger, the naked, the afflicted, and the imprisoned. Verse 40, the king replied, Surely I tell you, whatever you did for, for, the least, for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And notice that he's talking about brothers and sisters of mine. I think he's talking about the church. I think it has to start with, with the family of God. I think that Jesus wants us to start with those in our own family. I think unless you can look after your own family well, you know, you can't be going out and doing loads of things. It can't be that your family is corrupt and, and yet you're always going out there. And it's the same in home life. You know, if you've, if you've not got a settled family, but you're always going out and doing stuff for church, you know, it's going to break down. You've got to get your home fixed first. And I really believe that Jesus is saying that whatever you do for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, he's getting us to focus on that we need to look after each other. We need to be a people that are set apart in the way that we treat one another. Every one of us needs the other person. We're a we're, a, we're the body of Christ, and each of us is a part of it. And Jesus tells us in John, um, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. It's the way that we love each other. It's the way that we serve each other. It's the way that we, we, we look after each other that sets us apart. We are an amazing family, and wherever we go around the world, in, you know, in, in, in our churches, we, we meet people from other nations, and there's a connection. Uh, there's a connectivity because of that. We're brothers and sisters, and God's character is that of mercy. Mercy. It's one of the characters in the Beatitudes. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. We have to be a people that are merciful. We all, we all need mercy. We all love mercy. And, you know... Mercy is demonstrated. Dear children, this is 1 John 3, 18. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Mercy is something that is demonstrated. Mercy is something that is often costly. It costs us our time. It costs us our money. It can cost us our reputation. But we have to um, be people that extend mercy. And the character in people of the kingdom is that they are people that are merciful. They're the ones that, are, that forgive. They're the ones that go to the um, unlovely. They're the ones that go to the broken. They're the ones that go to the lost. You know, they're not the ones that are ignoring. They're the ones that are going. They're the ones that are open and seeing with their eyes. The second point I want to make is, is opportunity. I believe that God... Um, gives us opportunity to be merciful. Galatians 6.10 tells us, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, 
and I've underlined the word opportunity and I've underlined the word all. Let us have, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. And then it says, especially those who belong to the family of believers, especially to our own family. We, we have to go to everyone, but especially to, we can't have our family being, being broken and then, you know, going, we have to, we have to focus on our family. We have to be people that look after our family. And, you know, it's no good if you just leave it to, like, Dan and Sue and Steve. You know, that, that is just like, that would be a complete disaster. Not that Dan and Sue and Steve are absolutely brilliant and we love them. They are. They are brilliant. And Lauren, of course. They are. They're brilliant. But, you know, it, this is body ministry. This is all of us. We're all involved in this, this process of looking after each other. That's why growth groups are so powerful because we meet week by week. And we look after each other. We care about each other. We pray for one another. We encourage one another. We, we, we serve one another. We, we help each other out when, we're, when we need something doing. We're there for each other in that way. We're showing mercy. We're extending grace to, to people. And you know, whatever you did do and whatever you did not do are the themes that Jesus was talking about in this passage in Matthew 25. And I believe that, you know, um, God sets us up with opportunity to extend um, mercy to people that we come across. And then the decision is ours whether or not we take that opportunity or not. You know, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. You know, when we come across a need or a situation, do we ask ourselves, is this an opportunity that God has created for me? Is this an opportunity that I need to step into? No, you know, it's a good question, isn't it? Because God has prepared works in advance for us to do. And sometimes, you know, if we don't step in, I'm not sure that God sends substitutes. I'm not sure that he does. He, maybe he does and maybe he doesn't. It's a, it's, a good, it's a good discussion that you can have in your growth groups this week. Does God send substitutes? But, you know, I'm not sure that he does. So, you know, if he doesn't send substitutes and he's given you an opportunity to extend mercy or to help somebody and you don't do it, then what's going to happen? Matthew 10.42 says, And if anyone gives you, gives even a cup of cold water, gosh, that's such a, a simple thing, isn't it? I love this. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple talking about the family again. Truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. It's a high calling upon the church is to look after the church. Especially in this time when um, mental health is, um, you know, there are a lot of people suffering with mental health. There are a lot of people struggling financially. There are a lot of people that are lonely there are a lot of people that are going through a tough time, especially in this time. We need to be extending mercy. A phone call costs nothing. You know, a text message costs nothing. Hey, how are you doing? Or I was praying for you and I got this verse. Sometimes these words are so encouraging and so building up. That we have to be involved in it. You know, we, it, it doesn't always have to be about the, you know, the visiting somebody in prison or the, the you know, the, and the feeding or the clothing. 
It's how we treat our brothers and sisters around us. And lastly, um, let your motivation for all of this be Jesus. Let it all be Jesus. Let it be everything for Jesus. Colossians 3 tells us, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and do not for human masters since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Do it all for Jesus. When did, when did, we, see you, did, when did we see you, Lord? When did we see you hungry and, and, and naked and thirsty and in prison? And when did... And whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me. I remember speaking at a, a church that had embraced this wicked, vile prosperity gospel. And they'd got to the point where they'd, they'd started believing that um, the poor were cursed and they should be avoided at all costs. And um, I was asked to speak um, on the Sunday morning and I spoke from Matthew 25 as I've, I've just spoken. And I was asked what I'd been doing that week in, in Malawi. And I said, well, you know, this week I've been um, feeding Jesus um, I've been putting shoes on the feet of Jesus. Um, I've been um, sat with Jesus as he died of HIV. Um, I've been, you know, I've been spending my time um, encouraging Jesus in God's word. That's what I've been doing this week. Because whatever you do for the least, you do for him. After I preached, they were quite shocked. And one of the elders came over to me and said, we've just got it so wrong. We've, we've, we've missed it. We've completely missed it. This is the gospel. Let everything that you do be for Jesus. Let your motivation be him. And I found that God is so close to the poor and the broken and the needy. I, I've learned so much from hanging out with people that are in desperate need. Not just in, not just in Malawi and other countries, but also in this country. I've learned so much about God's kingdom um, coming in really desperate situations and seeing his answers to prayer and his provision. Let's see other people as Jesus would have us see them. Let's not see them through um, the wrong perspective. Let's see them as Jesus sees them as precious and dear to him. So in conclusion, God is a God of mercy. God, of, God is a God of mercy, so be merciful. God gives us opportunity, so let's take the opportunities that God presents to us and let's do it all for him and let's do it all for Jesus. I'm going to invite the band to come back up, if you could. Um, but while they're uh, coming up, I'm just going to pray and I... I kind of like believe that God wants to um, pour out his spirit on each one of us, that he wants us to experience his presence. Um, wherever you are um, at home, just, just for a moment, would you just please just close your eyes and, and stretch your hands out to God, and we're just going to pray for the Holy Spirit to touch you where you're at. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love each one of us. 
and that, Lord, each one of us is called by name. Pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come now and that you would touch each person. I can just see in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit falling on, across Hull and east, the East Riding of Yorkshire and beyond, that God is falling upon each one of us. Just receive him. That's the Holy Spirit. Some of us are just experiencing God at home. Just, just, just pressing. Lord, we ask for more of you. More of your presence. More of your grace. More of your mercy. Lord, where we're hurting. Lord, we invite you in. Where we're in need. We ask, Lord God, for your provision. Lord, we pray that you would fill us up with the power of your Holy Spirit. Fill us, Lord God, in Jesus' name.